，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。AIT Chair Laura Rosenberger is visiting Taiwan for the second time in two months. On Wednesday, she met Legislative Speaker Yoshi Quinn and a lawmaker from each of the legislature's four political parties. Afterward, DPP lawmaker Tsai Shih-ing relayed the message that Washington would continue to support Taiwan's government, no matter who wins the 2024 presidential election. In the days to come, the U.S. diplomat is expected to meet with each of Taiwan's three presidential candidates. I have a few questions. Would you meet the presidential candidate later? AIT Chair Laura Rosenberger touched down in Taiwan on Monday for a six-day visit. On Wednesday morning, she met Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun and representatives from all parties in the legislature. Hi, Madam. How's the meeting? To Taiwan is to listen to the diverse voices of Taiwan. She's visiting to hear the diverse voices of Taiwan. She chatted very happily with all four parties today. No matter what comes in the future, Taiwan and the U.S. have a long-standing alliance. We're allies. The U.S. government has also said that it will continue supporting Taiwan's government no matter who wins the election. The candidates in the 2024 presidential election all have different platforms and opinions. She will meet with each of them separately. This is Rosenberger's second visit in two months. Her main purpose is to engage with Taiwan's three presidential candidates. Sources say she'll meet the DPP's Lai Qingde on Thursday and Ke Wenzhe of the Taiwan People's Party on Friday. It is not yet known when she will meet the KMT's Hou Youyi. From what I know, arrangements are being made. They're being made for all three candidates. I think her visit will be very fruitful and will give the U.S. a better understanding of Taiwan's presidential candidates, their policy proposals, and their views on diplomacy and national defense. Critics have viewed Rosenberger's meetings as a pre-screening for the three candidates. Of the three, Ho is the only one to have never visited the U.S. and is said to be the least familiar with Washington. Who says he's not familiar? As mayor of the ROC's largest city, he's been involved in a great deal of city-to-city -city diplomacy. He has engaged frequently with the AIT and ambassadors from every country, conducting city-to-city -city exchanges. I don't think there should be any problem regarding his familiarity. KMT lawmaker Chen Mingzong defended Ho's credentials. With the election approaching, each candidate's stance on China and U.S. relations is under heightened scrutiny. Meanwhile, Taiwan People's Party Chairman Ke Wenzhe is in Japan, where he's paying calls to VIPs in his capacity as a presidential candidate. Since arriving last Sunday, he's met with officials, including members of the ruling Liberal Democratic Party, as well as Taiwanese business interests. On Wednesday, he stopped by a right-wing think tank to discuss the strategic partnership between Taiwan and Japan. 
Speaking on the Taiwan-Japan relationship, Taiwan People's Party Chairman Ke Wenzhe is at the Japan Institute for National Fundamentals. During his fourth day in Japan, Ke Wenzhe visited the Japan Institute for National Fundamentals, a right-wing think tank. There, he brought up strategic issues such as the quadrilateral security dialogue for the first time. A problem for Taiwan is a problem for Japan has become a mantra. Why so? It's because about 97% of Japan's energy resources pass through seas near Taiwan. For them, a Taiwan crisis is a very concerning issue. Taiwan's fate is intertwined with Japan's fate and the world's fate. Ke is fresh off an online spat with Washington-based think tank scholar Bonnie Glazer. He had interpreted a remark made by Glazer as an endorsement of him as a presidential candidate. In response, Glazer said Ke deliberately distorted her words. She shouldn't be the one getting upset. She's the one who brought me up. If she hadn't mentioned me, who would care about her? How important does she think she is? Ke also addressed a blunder he made the day before. In a meeting with the Shikokai faction led by former Prime Minister Asotero, he mistakenly referred to it as the Abe faction, prompting widespread criticism. They are all from the Liberal Democratic Party. I misspoke. It's the Shikokai faction within the LDP. But the relationship with Abe is quite good. With every step and misstep in Japan, Ke is continuing to make headlines back home. Taiwanese electronics maker Wistron says it will close down its factory in Quanshan, China. The announcement comes after Wistron shuttered its facility in Taizhou, China, less than two months ago. Observers say a slew of foreign firms is withdrawing from China due to the global economic downturn and the escalating U.S.-China trade war. Let's hear from one of them. This has to do with the ongoing geopolitical conflict between the U.S. and China. Actually, China's own regulations have been changing from day to day, leaving foreign companies bewildered. In addition, China's demographic dividend has ended, so there's a mass retreat of foreign companies. Apple's latest device uses the OLED display, which is a bit of a departure from the LCD panels that Wistron initially invested in. This could have led Apple to redirect its orders to manufacturers that specialize in OLED technology. Wistron's exodus is likely due to disappointing profits combined with China's increasingly tough environmental regulations. Scholars believe that as China's own economy continues to decline, even more factories are set to retreat. Fishermen in Taidong are calling for protection for dolphins to be relaxed as the marine mammals decimate their tuna catch. Fishermen at Xingang Fishing Harbor in Taidong's Chenggong Township often pull their lines up to find nothing but fish heads left. Dolphins come by the boat and eat the fish before the fishers get a chance. Given the struggle between dolphins and humans, local fishermen's representatives are arguing that more priority should be put on local people's livelihoods and less on protecting marine biology. Two black skipjack tuna heads lie on the deck. The rest of the fish was eaten by dolphins. Fisherman Zheng Guojing often faces the sad sight of just fish heads left from his catch. Locals call him the fish head boatmaster. His blood boils just to think about dolphins. 
They're pirates. We all call them that, and it does no good to catch them. Yeah, yeah, they eat all the black skipjack. They eat them in the sea. What good would it do to catch them? These fishermen go out to sea to catch tuna in the high season, but often come back with nothing but the heads. Dolphins are good at helping themselves to the spoils of a bountiful catch. When you pull them to shore, the dolphins start eating the fish, chasing the boat. Sometimes we're about to pull the tuna on board and we have to fight with the dolphins. They swim right underneath the boat to eat the fish. A fisherman coils a long fishing line into a bucket. Most Taiwanese fishers use the long lining method to catch black skipjack. The line is lowered to a certain depth, using squid for bait, and then let out farther and farther, sometimes as long as 50 kilometers. It's a relatively eco-friendly fishing technique. But the tuna caught on the line frequently become a feast for dolphins before fishermen can reel them in. The dolphins know where the hook is. They know it's in the fish head, the mouth. So they start eating them from the tail up and just leave the head on the hook. The conservation of dolphins is quite good right now, even rather excessive. Fishermen want dolphins to be downgraded or something like that to help fishers have a slightly better life. Dolphins need protecting, but fishermen say they need protection too. Striking the right balance between ecological conservation and protecting people's livelihoods is a real dilemma for lawmakers. An immersive time-lapse photography exhibition has opened in Taipei with the works of Malaysian photographer Fong Yap Hui. Viewers can see the red sun rise with an unnatural speed over Hehuan Mountain in Nanto, or see the snow flutter over Yushan, Taiwan's highest peak. Putting this exhibition together took Fong seven years of traveling across Taiwan to capture the beauty of the island. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Malaysian photographer Fong Yap Hui spent seven years traveling all over Taiwan to shoot these time-lapse images. Altogether, he traveled 100,000 kilometers. The time-lapse videos are not only displayed on the four walls, but also on the floor of the exhibition hall. The music playing in the background was produced by Taiwanese music group One Song Orchestra. The exhibition room is filled with 24 speakers, giving visitors an immersive experience. Fong traveled up mountains, cross seas, and even visited Taiwan's outlying islands. In addition to famous landmarks such as the quaint town of Zhou Fen, Jingzai Jiao tile paved salt fields, Pai Yuan Lodge, and skyscraper Taipei 101, there are also some hidden gems such as Jiaming Lake in Taitung. Huan Mountain and Red Maple viewing spots in Nanto. His works are now on display at an exhibition called Amazing Formosa, a time-lapse visual journal of Taiwan. After I retired, I was preoccupied with promoting culture and art. Our Taiwan market is relatively small, but we can find ways to expand it globally with technology. Fong uses the latest technology for time-lapse photography, using a display resolution with a width of approximately 8,000 pixels, a technology that's known as 8K. And his exhibition is being held in Taiwan's first immersive stadium to use 5G technology. Combining technology and culture is the best way for Taiwan to bring its culture to the world. We are already a leader in technology. 
Technology is the fastest way to let the world know about Taiwanese culture. Organizers hope to use Taiwan's tech prowess to introduce Taiwan's beauty and culture to the world. The exhibition will be held in Taipei 101 till July 9th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guokai in Taipei. The American Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan has released its annual Taiwan White Paper. The paper calls for government action to ensure a stable energy supply and support talent retention. Amcham emphasized that Taiwan was currently a global focal point, enjoying unprecedented support and goodwill. It urged the government to take advantage of the spotlight by improving its business climate to encourage investment. President Tsai has fondly called Amcham Taiwan the staunch partner uh, and supporter of U.S.-Taiwan economic development relations. The American Chamber of Commerce in Taiwan has released its 2023 Taiwan White Paper, a summary of its members' recommendations for Taiwan's business environment. Under the title, No Time to Waste, the paper states that Taiwan currently has the world's attention. It says that, in the face of geopolitical uncertainties, Taiwan should act urgently to take advantage of its spotlight. This is the time that we really need to work on how to uh, make Taiwan a, a, a better place for investment. National security issues, and I think in, this, in our case, uh, economic resiliency is the best way um, to protect Taiwan. The initial agreement of the U.S.-Taiwan 21st Century Trade Initiative was signed last week, marking an important milestone for the two nations. Amcham urged the two sides to progress to a comprehensive bilateral trade agreement. According to an Amcham survey, 88 percent of member companies plan to maintain or expand investment in Taiwan. But members also express concerns over Taiwan's talent shortage and electricity supply. More investment and more uh, economic activities, so we need more energy. Sustainability and the competitive price energies is vital to Taiwan's economic growth. Taiwan's energy transformation progress may have fallen behind schedule. According to Amcham, 102 issues were raised in its 2022 Taiwan White Paper, and only eight were fully resolved. Amcham said it looked forward to deepening dialogue with the government this year. Besides presenting its White Paper to the National Development Council, Amcham plans to meet all three 2024 presidential candidates to raise its recommendations to create a friendlier business climate and encourage deeper foreign investment in Taiwan. Rising athletic star Ling Peixuan is continuing to defy expectations. Fresh off her double gold finish at the National Middle School Games, she's bagged two bronzes at the Asian 220 Athletics Championships in South Korea. Lin first won bronze in the heptathlon before competing in her signature event, the high jump. She matched her personal best of 1.82 meters to bag a second bronze medal. The 15-year-old is the first Taiwanese middle schooler to meet the qualification standards for the Asian Championship. A Xinju junior high student has won the president's educational award for her commitment to her studies and to competitive swimming. Li Yiling was born hard of hearing and learned to talk with intensive speech therapy. Now the eighth grader is shining on the school swim team. Her family says that her dedication to the sport is inspired by veteran Olympian Tsai Shuming. 
At the side of the pool, Li Yiling takes off her hearing aid and puts in special earphones. The eighth grader was born hard of hearing. She's an unstoppable force of nature in the water, and now a recipient of the President's Educational Award. After training, she goes back to class, where she's just as single-minded at her books. I usually get up at 5 a.m. and it takes about 30 minutes to get here. First I warm up and then I change into my swimsuit and get in the pool. She has some weaknesses in some areas, so we on the swim team tried using earphones and then specially made earphones so that she could hear us in the water. Lee's natural gift for swimming is being honed by her early morning training regimen, as well as the many years of experience of her swim team and coach. But the biggest encouragement comes from the example of another teenage girl and her triumphs more than 20 years ago. There was a student swimmer called Tsai Shu Ming who won gold in the Asian Games, so when Yiling is training at the swimming school, that inspires her motivation to keep climbing. He taught us how to help Yiling to practice speaking at home, and then she could really start spoken language therapy properly when we had the chance to go to the foundation and arrange classes for her. Alongside practicing pronunciation at home, Yiling's father used to take her into Taipei for speech therapy twice a week. Through years of hard work and thanks to the dedicated support of her family and friends, Yiling has found a sport where she can shine. Today, we meet a new immigrant who has spent almost 30 years supporting families with members having autism. Chen Xizhen came to Taiwan from China's Sichuan province. Her daughter was just five years old when she was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. At first, Chen was devastated. But over the years, the family has found ways to live happily with the condition. Chen founded the Asperger Syndrome Association to support others who are on similar journeys. And now she tours the country, providing education and training to parents. Chen Shizhen came to Taiwan many years ago for marriage. But when her first child was still just a baby, her husband died suddenly of heart disease, leaving her with no family nearby to turn to. Before long, Chen realized her daughter had delayed speech development and emotional difficulties. Eventually, her daughter was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When she was very small, she had no language at all. When she was two or three, she wouldn't say mommy. She would hit herself and have big emotions. Perhaps she wanted to express something, but we didn't understand. Chen has been at her daughter's side ever since. And from those early days of non-speaking, her daughter has gradually developed more and more social skills. As Chen quickly realized, there are many families living with autism, and she found lots of encouragement from other parents. She founded the Asperger Syndrome Association, helping other families through the panic that can follow a diagnosis. Rather than bemoaning her lot, Chen discovered within herself more and more energy, not only for parenting, but also to support more and more families on their journey. I've been here for 28 years, so lots of people have helped me. When we have the capacity to help others, I think in the years I have left to me, I want to do more to give back to society. We are the mothers of Taiwan's children. We are the daughters-in-law of Taiwan. So we play our part and reduce a little bit of the discrimination that we receive as new immigrants. 
As Chen looks back on her work, she says that raising a child with autism means a lifetime of learning and care. She hopes that more families will join in her efforts to come together and support the families who need it most, creating a social safety net where nobody drops through the cracks. Taiwan's queen of pop, Jolene Tsai, was recently featured on a YouTube channel with a one-take performance. The hit song, Womanly, was performed on Japanese music channel, The First Take, where pop stars are challenged to perform a song just one time in the studio. The unforgiving format gives fans a glimpse into a less polished version of their idol stage persona. The producers of the channel encourage stars to treat the recording like a live concert. In just 12 hours, Tsai's online appearance received 600,000 views. The Queen of Pop, Jolin Tsai, takes a deep breath before launching into a rendition of her hit song Womanly on Japanese music channel The First Take. This guitar-accompanied performance is very different from the original. Tai only got one take, piling on the pressure. She stood in the middle of a brightly lit recording studio circled by multiple cameras. She said that her heart was thumping, so she couldn't tell if it was excitement or nerves, but it was a fun experience. Singer Waybird has previously appeared on the channel, becoming the first Taiwanese musician to feature. These arrangements always differ from the original, bringing a fresh sound to even the most loyal of fans. The YouTube channel has won international attention for its lifestyle recordings, with more than 8 million subscribers. For pop stars, this one-take format is a new kind of test. <laughs> 